Ramblers, let's get rambling. Episode 634 of my podcast, The Home Intelligent Rambling, right here on the TalkShoe Network. I'm your host, Russell Hale, and we are one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Welcome to the show. And on today's show, we're going to go things a little on the spooky side, a little bit early uh, for the show. You're saying to yourself, well, Russ, it's on like August. Well... Halloween comes a little early on today, and we'll get on to that in a little bit. In the meantime, and in between time, I got lots to talk about today. Because, Lord Almighty, it has just been a busy time. This is like Christmas for me this time of year, and I love it. So, before we get into that, I did want to touch on some entertainment news uh for today's show uh, many of you have probably noticed that sony lord mighty they are they, they they are really pushing back some of their movies if y'all were like in a huge hurry to see venom 2 let there be carnage you're like you were chomping at the bits to see it this year wah, wah, wah. sorry no uh that's being pushed till next year and the fate of morbius who the bloody hell knows? Now, there is some light on the end of the tunnel when it comes to the cinema, in that the the, the last James Bond movie, uh, No Time to Die, is set to come out this fall, and I am praying to all the cinema gods, is not a woke piece of crap. Uh, I saw the trailer, looked good, please don't wokeify Bond. So, so remains to be seen, it is a movie... I will definitely be tempted to go see in a theater as long as the theaters are still open. So that is set to come out, and and there is still talk that maybe even Ghostbusters Afterlife will be coming out in October. And then, again, it's a movie I'm really tempted to see. Uh, that looks really cool. Shang-Chi is opening up uh, at the time of this recording in September. That's a movie I'm somewhat tempted to see, not because I love the character, but because it's just... You know, the stuff that's going on in the movie. It's that. And the um, the other one that is coming out that they're saying is Christmas, folks. Okay? They're saying it's Christmas. December this year. Believe it when I see it listed in the theater. And this is when I will... Oh, you bet your bottom buckles. I'll try to make an effort to see that in the cinema, ladies and gentlemen. That is Spider-Man... No Way Home. And that, that trailer they showed, you can go and check it out yourself. Looks very interesting. They were very, very smart. And they didn't show too much. They did show that Spider-Man and Doctor Strange will be working together. Although, the way Strange is acting, it makes you wonder, is this really the Strange we've met before? And and it, and it hints a lot of stuff. And the ending to the trailer. <laughs> I don't want to say what it is. Because I've seen some, like, online reactions to it. I've seen some YouTubers who've, like, watched it and reacted to it. And and while, while I didn't have the exact same reaction, I saw that end bit, 
And I, and I, I felt like just raised my hands and going, bravo, Sony Marvel, bravo. You confirmed a rumor that about that movie and, and you confirmed it in a really cool way. And that was like, damn, I'm, I'm glad that wasn't just a rumor. <laughs> so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that character whom we have not seen in the Spider-Man universe in quite some time reprise the role. So <laughs> it, it's worth it. It's right at the end. It's like, okay, if, if you're a fan of the character and all the movies that have happened in the last almost 20 years now, yeah, that was a great moment. Uh, will we see any more? Will there be a final, final trailer to get towards December? I don't know. Now, the only reason this trailer came out, out when we still have inter- Eternals uh, yet to come, and, and I, the second trailer makes me a little more interested in it, kind of. Uh, so that's coming up. Although, and, and that one, oh, more, buddy. They, <laughs> the Eternals. So that trailer came out, and there's a character in, in the trailer that flies and has heat vision that's yellow. And many people, when this trailer aired, oh man, this was this was up in arms. And they said, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Eternals, it's copying Superman. You're ripping off, you know, um, uh, Zack Snyder and Superman and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, <laughs> study your comics, people. There are many... Flight and laser eye kind of stuff is one two more common powers in comic book dumb. All right, <laughs> it's right up there. So no, I'm pretty sure not trying to rip off Superman. So y'all, before you get on the fake outrage, do some research, okay? Yeah, otherwise, shut up. Uh, and get back to Spider Man. So so we've seen that this trailer, and I. If, if there is going to be a final, final trailer uh, coming up in um, before this, if it actually does air in December, I don't know how much more they're going to show. There, there are there are some other appearances they might show in this final, final trailer. Uh, if there is another one, but I, you got to be careful to give too much away. Like that, that end bit of the current one. If they didn't put that there and audiences had seen that the first time in a theater, oh, the pop that would have been. Oh, I would, you know, that's kind of, that, that is, that is a moment in cinema that, that is equal to quite a few of them in Endgame where it have been like, oh, I, I just would have been loved to see an audience react to that moment because that was just well done. Well done. So, Lots of things to look forward to when it comes as movies are slowly getting back together again. And of course, here in the lovely province of Ontario, they're talking about you won't be to see a movie unless you're double vaccinated. Thankfully, yay, I am. And I won't have to face that. But, you know, that's it's a very interesting strategy. And it may be something, maybe, you know, excuse the pun, uh, shot in the arm that cinemas need. To, to get people to go back, to give them that little extra bit of safety. Mind you, when I went to see Black Widow, I liked how things were spread out. But if, if we're going forward, we're going to say that the only people that go see a movie are, you know, proven double vaccinated. That, in, that combined with the seating stuff is going to make me feel even more comfortable or secure. 
I will, how long will it take me to go in that and, and, and see me without a mask on? I don't know. It wasn't that comfortable. And, and I, I've learned ramblers, like I said, in the Black Widow one. I, I really got to pay attention to the seating plan the next time I book uh, a seat online. And, and when I see the seat and I see the little graphic on the screen and I see how close it is, yeah, you really are that close. And I, I won't purposely do that again. So there's some kind of, um, you know, in, entertainment info stuff to kick at the start of the show. Lot, lots going on. And, uh, you know, uh, that's, I, I kind of throw it out there. Oh, and I, I have been watching some of the episodes of the What If show, the new show. And it's not bad. I mean, the episodes have been decent. It was neat to see, you know, uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord. Although many people argue him having that name doesn't make sense when you compare it to the actual Guardians movies. And the, the, you know, the pig Captain Carter one was interesting. And then the, uh, the one after that, uh, where's what would happen if, if, if the Avengers didn't happen, if you will. And, and I saw him seeing episode four at Simon's recording with, with a whack, wackadoo Dr. Strange. And so we'll see about that. And I still, and they still have yet to air the Marvel zombies episode, which I'm really curious to see how far they push that. How far do you push the boundaries of animated zombies? So, <laughs> that's all. Just a little recap of stuff. Enough preamble. Let's get on to what's on today's show. And as I said, the top of the show, we're talking a little bit of a touch of spooky in September. It's not even October yet. Yet all the, you know, the fine folks that send me stuff... They've been sending me some really spooky stuff lately. So, you know what? I thought, hey, let's just group it all together and and, and, and make it a theme. Because, you know, that's what I like to do. So, uh, on, on today's show, we're going to kick things off with a brand new release from some, some old friends of the show that, that, that I think I've interviewed Ed, although it's been a while. Uh, from the great folks at Midnight Syndicate, they just released. Uh, of course, you, you know I, I mentioned, I reviewed it not so long ago. Their their brand new live album, uh, which was the Live Shadows, which was really cool to listen to. And I, you know, Midnight, Midnight Syndicate. If I lived in their area and I had a chance to go see them perform live, Ramblers, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So they they brought out a a new album called Bloodlines, which is a mini album, a prequel to their album Thirteenth Hour. So I have a, 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 a CD music review on the show. I don't hardly ever do those. And let me go from that spooky music to another chapter in the spooky Conjuring universe on 4K Blu-ray. It is the Conjuring Three: The Devil Made Me Do It, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment on Blu-ray 4K. As we more adventures with the Warrens on today's show. And then we go a little bit back in the past again, this time in cinema with my Blu-ray review of the Friday the 13th 8 movie collection courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. I think a while back I talked about this collection on DVD that I picked up. And the nice folks at Paramount have sent me the Blu-ray collection of it in a really cool case. And more than that, I'm going to talk about the review. So we have that, that, and that. And then we wrap things up. That, well, you could sort of say spooky. Uh, this is a stretch here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, with my book review of, uh, a brand new book review from the great folks at DK Publishing. It is the ultimate Harley Davidson new edition 
book where you have the history of these iconic motorcycles. Hey, and you could say spooky because, you know, a ghost rider rides a motorcycle. I know it's a stretch, but we're going with it. So that's all on today's show. And, and keep listening because on the end of today's show, boy, the stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Keep listening. Uh, you know, I'm, lots of fun, exciting things. And, and not just things to review, but a possible giveaway. Yes, coming very soon. So keep listening. End of the show. All details on that. So we're going to take a quick little musical interlude and write up the first review of the show. A music album review for this episode is Midnight Syndicate's Bloodlines, courtesy of Midnight Syndicate. Now, you're long-term, you know, listener to the show, you know that I discovered these these fine folks way back quite a few years ago that are based down in the good old USA. And they, to me, uh, based in Cleveland, they are probably, to me, the premier producers of spooky music. If you want spooky music, man, these guys are the ones to go to. They remind me so much of, like, the music you'd hear in, like, old, you know, computer games like 11th Hour and 7th Guest. That kind of eerie instrumental which you know i've highlighted many times on the show and the nice folks down there good old edward douglas let me know that they have a brand new mini album that's out called bloodlines which is a prequel uh to the the album the 13th hour and they were nice enough to send them a copy of this to listen to you to you guys and if you if you're if you're new to to midnight syndicate you guys really got to check them out they, they do so, they tell the story through music. And the, the 13th Hour album was really fun in that it was a, a, a kind of musical tour of a haunted house. And this is, you know, the, the kind of prequel to that. And now it's a mini album, so you only have nine tracks on it. So it's not a huge amount of track tracks, but still, uh, they're all equally spooky. Your tracks are Bloodlines, Servitor, Ancestral Decree, I Won't Tell, Assembly, Wedding March, The Grand Waltz, Light in the Attic, and Sands of Time. And these are nice little spooky tracks. I mean, the one, the Wedding March one, I swear, it's one of those kind of pieces of music. If somebody was going to have like a goth wedding, right? If they were going to have like a goth wedding and they wanted like a goth, here comes a bride, this track would be killer. Why would you not use it? I mean, your guests would be like, listen to Newell's gun. I mean, but this is like perfect for that. And you have like the Grand Waltz and you have uh, that kind of feel to it. And as you know, you know, the, the sound, you still include the sound effects and all that kind of fun stuff. And it really is, ter- I mean, this is the kind of music you want to listen to, you know, on Halloween night. Or, or you know, you have like a big, say you have, like an outside, big outside display and you want some music to go in the background of your spooky Halloween display. Just this album, anyway, a lot of them, the ones that they have, perfect background music. You just put that on loop or better yet, have multiple other albums on like a big CD carousel thing. I'm dating myself when I say this. Carousel. And, and, and you just run it on like rotate or shuffle and Lord Almighty, you will be set for the night. So it's really nice, really nice 
you know, um, nice album. It's small, but it still works with it. And, you know, and it, it expands the story of the Haver Gas family. And, and Ed Douglas was quoted in saying he wanted this album to flow seamlessly as possible into the 13th hour. So it's like you play this music and then it flows into the next. So, again, with my Halloween idea, you have these two up and you just set it on like a loop. So it plays this one, then goes in that one, the loops around. Da, 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 da. So really, you're, you're kind of set uh, when, when it comes to that. And, and you know, and this is right on the heels of their first live album, which I did talk about the show. And, and, and get this, for Midnight Syndicate. And again, I wish I was closer to them. I'm getting in September. Midnight Syndicate is going to bring their concert experience which I've seen videos and it looks awesome. The the conspiracy of shadows. They bring it back to the the amusement park Cedar Point, and and it's going to run from September seventeenth to October thirty first, right on to Halloween. <laughs> so man, if you are in that area of the states, do yourself a treat. You want something spooky? You want to go down there? Check it out. And if you do, you know. Put it on Twitter. I, you know, let me know. Let me know what you thought of it. Like, tweet me. You know, I went to see them and they were awesome. And, you know, thanks for recommending and all that kind of stuff. You know, share the love. I want to know, Lit Ramblers, if you went, if you got to see these people in live and you should, tweet it to me. Let me know. Check it on my, let me know. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll let them, you know, and I'll retweet it because these guys are terrific. And it's the nice, Got a mini album too, and and they've been doing this stuff since 1997, and and that's pretty impressive to this day and age. You know, I was so glad to see it went with you know during this whole global health stuff that that the guys you know that Ed down there and the rest of the fine folks are still going strong, and that's great. I'm glad they are not a victim, you know of of the ongoing global stuff. So that if you want to do yourself a favor, check it out. I mean, it's, it is a really neat album. And if you can find the 13th hour, it's a great companion piece, uh, with that as well. So yeah, it's, 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 and it's, it's fun. These, these albums are fun too. <laughs> oh, it might freak you out. If you're driving in your car and it's really late at night and, 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 you know, and it's dark and you play that, you can spook yourself uh, greatly. I know it's one track of theirs. I forget what album it's on. called The Veil Hunter. And it, and it goes... It's very Jason. And more on that later in the show. And it really, really fits. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a, you know, more spooky music. Uh, as always, if, if they bring out a new one and they let me know, I will let you guys know. But do your favor... Go to um, look, you know, just Google them, Midnight Syndicate, uh, on on the internet, and and check out the, their latest new release. It's definitely worth a listen if you are fans of the spooky.
4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment provided me with a free copy of this 4K Blu-ray I reviewed on this show. The opinions expressed are my own. Now, this is the third official kind of chapter in the Conjuring universe. The first Conjuring movie happened in 2013, and then the second happened in 2016. And this follows the adventures of the Warren family, Ed and Lorraine, as, as they battle supernatural forces uh, that are just wreaking havoc, if you will. Now, the, the first movie, the first, first and second movie, are very much haunted house movies, right? The first movie is set in the United States, and then the second, the spookiness, moves to John Out England, where we have a, a, a young, where we have a, a British family that is being terrorized by La Fontaine's. And both of these, both of the two movies, and even the third one, well, we'll just talk about the first two to begin with here, uh, are, are super spooky, man. These are not movies you want to watch like in the dark. They they are they are just truly creepy. So I had a chance to I did a little catch up just to watch those again because it's been a while. And and yeah, and in the, the chemistry between the actors is tremendous. And I gotta give props too to the kids in both in all these movies, right? The first, second, and of course the third. I don't know. I mean <laughs> like, like I said when I talked about Are You Afraid of the Dark? These kids must just Maybe have like partial nightmares after doing <laughs> TV shows and movies like this because it is super creepy. All, all three, all three movies are, and and the, the one true line through all this is is the is the the love between Ed and Lorraine. Right, these two characters are just phenomenal, and and it really builds one after each one. So the first. You know, two movies are pretty much the same formula. They just switch countries. So you have the, these spirits that are just harassing this poor family and, and Lorraine have to try to fix it. That The third movie, though, I got to admit, after, after doing those two, they said, you know, we got to switch things up a little bit. We've kind of done this twice now. And, and, you know, and, and so they decided, okay, for the third Let's make the plot a little different. Now, all these movies are basically placed based on the real life people of Anne Lorraine Warren, who were actual legit like ghost hunters of the time. So all these stories were based on them. Uh, I think the first one was based on the Amityville, tied in with that a bit. And then the second one, I forget what it was exactly, <laughs> something like that. So they're all based on the, the, the their kind of case files. And the third one, The Devil Made Me Do It, is is based on a, on a on a case that happened years and years ago, and all these are set like seventies, eighties. This is back in the eighties, where where a young boy, um, you know, murders a, a guy, and and his and he claims that demonic forces made him do it, and that was not the whole premise. This is a legit court case that happened back in the day, so this is a a Hollywoodized dramatization of it, if you will. So the story opens up where Ed and Lorraine, Ed played, of course, by Patrick Wilson and Lorraine by good old Vera Farmiga. They, they are, they are, we starts off with a bit of a kick, right? The other ones start off kind of slow in a way, but this one really right off the knot starts off and, and that the, the couple are at a family 
And a young boy is just, young eight-year-old boy is like super possessed, man. He is just like losing it. And, and, and at one point he's like contorting and all kinds of stuff. So, so they, they, you can, you join the story where like they've been doing this for a while, right? And it's coming to a head and, and they're trying to help this poor eight-year-old kid who's just being, oh, you know, put for the ringer by the spirit. And they're trying to figure it out. And at one point, it, 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 you know, it's, it's getting so intense. And this eight-year-old boy has 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 a, an older sister who's dating this kid named Arnie, who is who who is kind of engaged to to this to to, to the eight-year-old sister. And and you can get that that this Arnie guy is really close to the young kid David, uh, played by Julian Hillard, who does a great job. And and at one point it's getting so intense and poor David's being you know put through all the stuff that that Arnie makes the fatal mistake and you know you can chalk this up to things things not to do around supernatural spirits one don't play with a Ouija board because you're just inviting things in I will never ramblers ever mess with a Ouija board okay that's bad juju no no you can't pay enough money to mess with that. <clears throat> So, so the kid makes, in his desperation to help this young boy, he says, like the worst thing you could say, he says, leave this kid, come to me. And that is like ringing the dinner bell for any kind of malevolent spirit because it leaves this poor eight-year-old and goes whoosh, right into this, this, this kid. And, and, and while it's in this kid, something happens. He attacks and kills this other guy and, and, like the, the, the spirit thing kind of takes over. A lot of that happens off camera, but you see the end result. And and then he gets put on trial, and then he gets called in, and then Ed, Ed and uh, Lorraine have to go, okay, what first brought this weird spirit to the eight-year-old, and how can we get to the bottom of why it's there? Because it's not like a typical haunting. <laughs> and this. Meanwhile, this poor Arnie guy has this spirit in him, and there's a pattern, and his life is in severe jeopardy. And what's also different with this is, as the story goes on, I try not to spoil things, but let's put it on this way. As the story goes on, the Warrens get confronted with something that in previous movies they haven't been confronted before, and it really tests their mettle. Also in this movie is John Noble. As as um, as a character, and it's cool to see he, my friends, is looking old. I hate to say it, but it was such a it was like such a nice surprise to see him in the movie. Like at this time of this recording, good old John Noble. He was born in forty eight, so that would make him a whopping. Let's do the math. Eighty no no seventy seventy four years old. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do math. Seventy-four years old, and he is still working. Now he's aged a lot since the Fringe, or Fringe, but yeah, he's he's still going strong. And it was great to see him in this role. It was a very good role for him. He was not, you know, a little typecast, but uh, you will. So that's in there, and and yeah, and and you also get a, a brief appearance by Judy Warren, not as much as her appearance in Annabelle. Uh, comes home, but still there uh, in this one. And it, it's, it's a good story. I, I like the, 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 the tension in this is, is palpable. It's at one point, man, it's one shot where, where the, the priest is coming to help and he stands outside of the house 
And it's like The Exorcist, right? It's like a little bit of Exorcist there. I think it was in the third, maybe it was in the second or first, but I love how they kind of pay homage without ripping things off. So this is a, a fun, scary journey. And I like how when, the, you know, the the antagonist is is something different than what it was before. Now, this as you know, it was based on a, a true, a true demonic possession, true in quotes. And this had a lot of great extras to this, too. So for extras, you get a, a by reason of demonic possession. So an in-depth look at the true story of the inspired movie. And I love when they show the pictures, like the, from the actual events. Then you get the occultist, meet the terrifying new addition to the Conjure universe. This character. Woo, made, wait, it's, it's an equal match for Lorraine. Let me tell you. Then you have exorcism of fears. You dive into the making of the movie and the exorcism scene that opens the film. And that, and, and the scene in, in the scene where the kid's, kid's character bends his back, not to give too much away, but they hired, instead of like CG in it, which would have made it like look super, like totally CG, it would have made it look like super fake. They actually hired a contortionist to do those moves. So when you're watching the first part of this movie and you see this body bending back and twisting and turning, the only special effect is is the face. That's a legit body doing that. And that is just freaky. So there you go. And then the last extra is a DC Horror Presents The Conjuring The Lover. This is a, a motion comic, or they call it a video comic. It's a motion comic that goes deeper into the Conjuring universe, introduces you to a new chapter, and it's only part one. So there's probably more of that to come. And there is sadly no audio commentary on the extras. That's a little disappointing. I thought it would have been kind of cool to hear the director, maybe some of the stars talk about it. And, you know, something a little more on the the visual effects or the making of. I found the making of really kind of way too short. And I wish I could have expanded on that more. Overall, this is another really cool chapter uh, when it comes to the Conjure universe in the Warrens. Uh, will there be a fourth one? I think, from what I read up on, on the actual legit couple, they did so many cases that they could really build on this. And I like, too, that when it comes to, like, this was set in the 80s, the attention to detail of fashion and props, and the look of it really feels like the 1980s. So... So it's it's really well done and and super creepy and and if you are a fan of it, check it out. Not a movie for kids. It's not one of these movies I always like to say. You know there are kids in it, but it's not for kids. Unless you want to have nightmares, go ahead. Uh, but what it is, what it is, and and a, another fun delve into that universe. So that is my take of the Conjuring Three. The devil made me do it on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment.
In keeping with the spooky theme, my Blu-ray movie collection video review for this episode is Friday the 13th, the 8th movie collection, this time on the Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, you, maybe Ramblers, you remember a, a quite a few episodes back, probably one of my more recent Halloween specials, I did a review of the 8-disc, or the 8-movie the collection on DVD of this release that I, that I picked up, I think that was courtesy of my own wallet back in the day. And, and and when I saw that they're bringing out the, the Blu-ray version, I said, yes, Paramount send this to me. So they were nice to send this to me. So this is essentially pretty much the same collection of of what you had before in DVD. Now, here are the differences, though. So if you're thinking, should I buy it again? I have the DVD collection. Should I buy the Blu-ray? Well, here's what you get. Not only do you get all of the special features that were in the previous set. And and it's really impressive, man. There, There's so many good little behind-the-scenes featurettes, audio commentary, I, a buttonload of extras for each of these movies. Now, some of them have a little more padding than others, but you still get a lot than just the movies. So not only do you get everything that was included before, but, 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 the, the first four movies have been remastered, and they do look really good on Blu-ray. To, to me, after watching all eight of these movies, and I did it, Ramblers, I did it. To me, hands down, my favorite <laughs> theme, opening theme credits of these eight movies is the third. That funky, that, <laughs> I just, I think I just like that whole 3D effect. I don't know, that, that just something about that theme song. So, so all four of those, and the way they did this in the packaging, I don't talk packaging a lot, but I will with this one. So each of the four Blu-rays, four, first four movies, are on individual Blu-ray discs, and they are all they all have their own spots, and they're in flips. So the first four on their own disc, and then the last four, what they did is they put five and six on one Blu-ray disc, and then seven and eight on the other. So and you can jump between the two titles. So, so that's the, you know, that saves you some shelf space and packaging wise, they, they put this in a red Blu-ray case, which is really cool. That's really going to pop and stand out on your shelves. So it's nice when they do it every once in a while, you know, they kind of play with the colors. And the other new addition to the set is you can get the uncut version, which is like 20 or 30 or so minutes longer than the original of the first Friday the 13th. Uh, the 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 digital one of it, so you get the uncut version, the digital version of the movie, and and this set comes with the digital versions of every one of these eight films. So bamo, you you're good that way. And I said the the first movie, it's the uncut version, so you get the regular version on disc and the uncut version uh, on digital. So long as you have iTunes then bam you can watch it that way so it would have been nice i you know nitpicky would have been nice if they put another copy of the uncut version on the blu-ray disc itself and not just strictly made it digital but it is what it is overall i mean if if you haven't picked up these eight movies yet this is definitely the the way it's way to pick it up you know, you know, and if you know, we want the best, because I, I, I haven't heard anything, but I seriously doubt there'll be a 4K equivalent to this. I, I, 
never say never, but I think this is probably the best prints you're going to get of this. So if you haven't picked it up before, definitely. Uh, is it worth the upgrade? I think for the digital copies, it's super cool. Again, the uncut version of the first movie is kind of neat. Uh, so there's that uh, reason upgrade. And it doesn't take up a lot of shelf space, too. It's much smaller than it's not as fat as the DVD one. So that's a plus. And it's funny watching all these Friday the 13th movies. Hoy, hoy. It's, it's funny to see the evolution of the character, right? Because, you know, we didn't really see Jason Voorhees proper until the second movie. So for the, so for the second, the third, and the fourth, he's just a messed up human being, which maybe has partially supernatural elements, but it wasn't as clearly defined back then. And then five, the big resurrection... And suddenly he's, you know, like supernatural Jason, where you can do a lot of teleporting and that. So you have that version of him in five uh, that comes up. Six is a weird one because it's 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 like Jason, but not Jason in that one. And, and, and then in seven and eight, woo! He he becomes, I, I you know, even more of a supernatural element. His his face gets slimy, and, and he just becomes less and less human uh, <laughs> as the story goes on. So he starts off as just a weird mongoloid who somehow survived to this freaky supernatural menace, and I know. I don't know if it's in, maybe it's in nine, maybe that, 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 cause I didn't get a chance to watch nine where Jason goes to hell, where I think at the start of the movie, he finally gets destroyed and he gets resurrected because his, this, this, I don't know what he's like a sheriff or no, he's like a, like a, a mortician. He's, he's doing an autopsy on him grabs a heart and the heart still has like some weird kind of supernatural force and he makes the mortician eat the heart, which is hands down one of the most disgusting things I've seen in cinema. And then that revises the spirit of Jason inside the mortician's body. I think that's how it goes. I could be wrong. It's been a while, but that was that movie. And then you had Chris Freddy versus Jason and then you had Jason X, where it was Jason in space. And then they tried to do a redo of that movie a while back, but nothing's happened since. So, so there you go. Uh, so it is a, it is a good collection of movies. Uh, you don't, you don't, surprisingly, when they put, when they combined five and six and seven and eight on one blur disc, I don't think you lose a lot of quality wise. And it still looks pretty good. And what I funny, find funny, too, about Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, is that, and they even point this out in the extras, because of budgetary reasons, he doesn't show up in Manhattan until, like, you know, until, like, 40 minutes into the movie. You know, it's for, for a good chunk of the movie, it's, it's Jason Das Boot, where he sterilizes people on a boat. So yeah, it's it's I don't know I think I'm gonna and 
to me, uh, and and what's funny about the the thirteenth um, movies is so many young actors got their star in it. Kevin Bacon in the first one, Kelly Who, yeah, Kelly Who, uh, the the actress, the legend, had her one of her first movie roles in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. So it's like, dang, and they were so young back then. And what was the kicker for me, the, the highlight for me, kind of in in Takes Manhattan is you had uses one actor in this that that is a guy that has been uh, he, uh, like a, like he's been so much stuff and I saw him in this and I went oh yeah he was in this and and you know maybe some of you don't remember uh him or you know maybe older fans don't but this actor and, and I'm still amazed that they convinced him to do it. But do yourself a favor. Now, and, and boy, has he ever been a grizzly end in this movie. The actor is Peter, um, Peter Mark Richmond. Now you're thinking to yourself, ah, you know, I don't, I don't know that name. I don't know who the heck you're talking about. Well, this man's career is crazy. He died back in two, in just this early year at um, in in uh, January this past year at the age of ninety three, uh, and he was working right up until two thousand thirteen. He did like a short. His last movie was two thousand eleven Hysteria. But this guy's film career, besides doing a lot of animated cartoon work near the end of his career, including the shows like Spider-Man, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, Batman beyond, uh, you know, besides doing that work. He also appeared, uh, in 90210 as, uh, Lawrence Carson in the 1990s version of it. Uh, he was, he did, he did voice for, for defenders of the earth as the phantom, which is, I, and I gotta listen, I gotta listen to like that cartoon sometime. I can dig it up. Uh, you know, he was briefly in Santa Barbara. He was Andrew Laird in Dynasty. This guy, he was like a workaholic. He only did two episodes of Night Rider back in the day. <laughs> so, yeah, do yourself a favor. This guy was just all over the place. And, you know, it was nice to see him like do a horror movie because you're thinking like, oh, it would have been too uppity uppity to do a horror movie back in the day. Heck no. <laughs> so, that's cool. And he also did a buttload of episodes of Fantasy Island. Man, in episodes of Vegas. He is on, I guarantee you, this guy, Screen Dollar Man, Screen Dollar Man, he, this actor is on so many videos in my collection, spread out all over it. It's amazing. And it was just a nice refresh to go, yeah, I remember that too. So overall, you know, if you've been like, oh, you know, I just, I've always wanted to get all these movies together. And we are approaching Halloween. Do yourself a favor and and, and pick this up because it, it's, until you do a 4K, which I doubt it. Uh, this is probably the, 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 the nicest looking versions of this movie, of these movies you're ever going to see. And some of those kills, man, they still stand up to this day. <laughs> So that is my take of Friday the 13th or Vendredi 30. <laughs> the 8th movie collection. Collection de 8 films. 
on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Fairmont Home Entertainment. He's out of control, he's 
My book review plus episode is Ultimate Harley Davidson, the new edition, courtesy of DK Publishing. Now, y'all, I'll be front, face, and forward with your ramblers. <laughs> I'm not, I'd be the last person to call myself a biker, okay? I, I, I tried to ride, you know, ride in the back of a motorcycle when I was a kid years and years and years ago. Terrified the living crud out of me. And I, I once you know, hitched a ride on the back of an ATV with an old friend of mine when I was, when I was younger, fell off it. He noticed I fell off and then he backed up and ran over my leg. So, you know, <laughs> my history with these vehicles is not the greatest. He, he literally ran it over. And I'm like, he's like, you're right. I'm like, cut it off my leg. And I don't know how I didn't break a bone back then. So this book chronicles the, the great history of the um, Harley-Davidson motorcycle. And I, I chose this review because this bike has had such a history in cinema. You know, we're talking, you know, from the early days right until present day. And and although I will probably never own one, uh, you could bet the farm on that, I do appreciate the design and the evolution of things. And as I said, I'm not a gearhead by any stretch of the imagination. This book follows the journey of this bike from its origins from 1903. Yes, it's been that long to, to right up into present day. And I always appreciate the work that goes into these books, the amount of research, the amount of pictures, the amount of, you know, just layout and design and done to put these books, books together because, you know, <laughs> That's a lot of things to look up. And the actual evolution of it is just amazing. And it talks about Sturgis, of course, you know, the big bike rally, which if you're a fan of WCW, <laughs> you remember they went to every year. So although, yes, yeah, although I'd never be a, a biker, I do appreciate the form. And this book is divided up into you know, different chapters. You have the early bikes, then you have early innovations, side valves, one big twins, post-war small bikes, sportsters, recent big twins, uh, revolution sports bikes, and the way ahead. So not looking at the past, but at the way ahead. And, and a lot of these early bikes were essentially what the equivalent of an e-bike is today. You've seen these things zooping around your local streets, which is basically a bike with an engine, and engine attached to it. And the early Harleys, that's exactly what they were, man. You look at these pictures. It was just a, a an, an old-school e-bike. So a bike frame with an engine attached to it. <laughs> so that was the early Harley Davidsons. It was just... Here's a really cool bike frame, and then we're going to throw a little engine in the middle of it. And you look at the, the, the evolution of these engines. It's amazing. Like, you look at the early single. And it's this rusted, you know, just kind of circly thing with this square thing sticking up. You know, it's like, it looks like such a simple engine. And then as these bikes go along, not only do the frames get better and then that, but the engine... You know, grows from a single to a double, and the evolution of it going from just this kind of hodgepodgey, well, let's throw some parts together, hope that it works, <laughs> variant to to the modern day shiny, chromy, two twin chunk of you know 
you know, of, of parts is really impressive. And the variety of bikes in this one, you got the big hogs, you got the little crotch rockets, all this kind of stuff. And it goes into detail. So not only does it give you a really gorgeous kind of side view, but then it points out this thing here, this thing here, this thing here. It gives you like, you know, specifications. If you really love specs. And it's a nice kind of look into the bikes. So if, if you have like, if you're a bike enthusiast yourself, or you have like, uh, like um, a friend who's super into motorcycles, there you go. This is a book you want to get. It's a nice cocktail book. It's good size to it too. And it's got a lot of pages. Page count in this one is 216. And it's just chock-a-block full of, of really nice photographs and just, I don't know where you're going to get a more comprehensive look at a bike line than this book. There are, in this, it showcases more than 70 Harley-Davidson uh, motorcycles. And, and it shows like all the inner workings and all the variations. You can see, just as you go year by year, how things evolve. And, and that's, you know, for a guy who's not a gearhead, as I said at the top, I still find that kind of fascinating to, to look at and, and examine. So that is my take of the ultimate Harley-Davidson new edition book, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the followers on Twitter. And if you follow me, I will follow you on Twitter. I've always said that, and I always will. So give me a follow, and I'll follow you right back. Of course, you can check out new episodes right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm show caller ID 18411, where you can find all brand new episodes here, as well on Google Play and Spotify, and on many other directories across the World Wide Web. Just look up my show and you'll find me somewhere. And if you want another trip back into the past, you can always check out my original website at Libsyn. That's HTTP, full column, backslash, backslash, rambling Russ, R-I-M-B-L-I-N-G, dot R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S um, dot Libsyn, that's dot L-I-B-S-Y-N as of November, dot com. That is my original home internet where I have over seven to eight-ish years of podcasting goodness going from back like the early days in 2006, wrap in 2013, and then I moved more over to here on TalkShoe. That's so why you can check out my Facebook page, but I haven't done much with it, and I am on Instagram, although I still haven't really figured that much out yet. But <laughs> follow me if you like. Uh, uh, that is where I am. <laughs> Coming up on future episodes of the show. Man, I have so much to talk about. As I said, top of the show, I love this time of year, man. It's like Christmas for me comes early. Where so many things are being released and it's just a matter of getting the time to talk to you all about them. And so, coming up, future editions of the show. The nice folks at Paramount did send me the first three seasons of the brand new show Yellowstone on DVD and they're very nice gift sets. So I'll be trying to get my way through the, the show Yellowstone. Hopefully at the very least get for the first season and review that and then, you know, go on and go forward. So that is on the docket for a future uh, review. 
Also coming up in the near future, some more really interesting titles that I do want to get to talking about, including a, a brand new show and, and a, a new look on Catherine Great called The Great Season 1, where it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek look at uh, Catherine the Great. And that is courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. And then we you know, continue with more magic stuff. I was going to throw it in this show, but I just didn't have time, and, and I just want to get these, these ones out. Nice folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment did send me the... Brand new release of the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the two gift set magical movie mode on DVD, which celebrates 20 years of Harry Potter. I cannot believe it's been 20 years since that first movie uh, went out. So I'll give you my take on that DVD set and how it compares to something that came out before. And then, of course, the the uh, the Snake Eyes movie is coming out on video very soon. And to prep for that, uh, nice folks at Paramount did send me a while back, and I will get these reviews out very soon, the 4K editions of not only G.I. Joe Rise of Copra, but G.I. Joe's Retaliation. And I'll get those reviews out for you very soon. And Snake Eyes is coming. I put my request in for that already, so keep all you Joe fans out there, keep an eye out. That'll be coming soon. Also... They did, uh, nice folks, apparently did send me the uh, season 18 of NCIS, regular NCIS, season 12 of Los Angeles. I'm so far behind. And and the um, in the final, seventh and final season, they never like to put the word, they always like final, uh, 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 NCIS New Orleans. That's all kind of in the wind. Along with my uh, 4K review of uh, In the Heights, a new musical. And you know, Ramblers, I love a good musical, so we'll see how well this is. And also on the docket, just released, or just uh, freshly minted, the 4K edition of Zack Snyder's Justice League, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. That is finally, what was once on HBO Max is now on 4K Blu-ray. So I'll give you my review of that Blu-ray, 4K, and Blu-ray set. And as well, the nice folks at WellGo did send me a Blu-ray edition of the new movie, The Fatal Raid. So I'll be having that in an upcoming, upcoming show as well. So lots of good stuff on the way. Lots of good releases. I know there's a lot of, uh, in the months to come, all, all the great CW shows like Batwoman. I say that, not trying to sarc sarcastic. <laughs> Batwoman, uh, uh, Superman and Lois, um, Stargirl, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, all that stuff. Uh, some of it, most of that, is has been already announced for hitting video sometime this fall. Stargirl, Supergirl might take a little longer because they're currently airing at the time of this recording. But I know that I have got release dates for um, Batwoman Season 2. That's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Superman and Lois, Season 1, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow as well. And I think The Flash, too. Yeah, I think The Flash, uh, Season 8. So all those are, are in the works, and I don't think Stargirl and Supergirl will be too far behind because the gap between them airing and hitting video is pretty slim. And also right now, Titans Season 3 is airing, and I think Doom Patrol is coming out soon, too. So those are other ones that will, in the months to come, we'll have to just keep... those. The last four, I don't know, that are currently airing, if they'll hit video before the end of the year. 
if not end of the year, early next year. We'll see, because this whole pandemic thing has kind of thrown off schedules a lot. So time will tell. But when they come out, you know I'll be requesting it, and I'll be talking about them on this very show. Because I like to keep up my CW, even when it gets sometimes difficult to watch. But hey, I'm here for you. I'm just, I will watch it so, so you get my honest opinion of it. Bammo. That is what I do. One more thing I did want to point out uh, is that if you want to contribute to the show, if you want to choose and pick what gets reviewed on this very show, I have a way for you to do it. If you go, uh, I have started up a while back now, a Amazon wish list for the show. And these are all items that I put up there. If, if, if they are if they are purchased, I will review them on the show. I'm giving you a chance to make this an interactive podcast. And if you choose something from that, I guarantee you, I'll review it on the show, and if you want to remain anonymous, I won't say it, but if you do want credit, I'll absolutely credit you for choosing this item, and it will go on the show. I tried to pick a wide variety of things. It's not, you don't, you know, you don't have to do it to listen to the show, but if you want to support the show, you want to give something back, and you want to control some of the content that I talk about, it's right there for you. You can find links for it in the show notes, and I've also posted it on my Twitter page. So if you feel kind and generous, check out that list. Pick something from it. It's a wide range of prices. Some things are on pre-order, so if you pick it, keep in mind it may not get to me right away. And also keep in mind that Amazon changes things all the time, and if you see something one day, it might be gone later because I don't control. I can make... And I add, try to stuff add to it all the time, but I don't control if it stays up there or the price that it stays at. So just keep that in mind. But it, I would love for somebody to take advantage of that. That would be cool. Uh, so it's there for you. One other final note. I know I mentioned it's the start of the show. And, and yes, giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. I love giving stuff away on the show. I, I, whenever I can. And one of the titles that is coming up very soon is the sequel to Boss Baby family business, the nice, kind folks at Universal and, and the nice folks at Tower of PR that deal with, they, I will have not one, not two, but troisième copies of that movie to give away on Blu-ray. Three, count them, three opportunities for you to win that movie. How are you going to do it? How are you going to win it? Well, keep watching my Twitter feed and keep listening to the show and find out because that opportunity is coming up very, very soon. So if you want to win more free stuff, to, free to anybody in North America, you got to be North America, Canada, U.S. I, generosity with these companies only goes so far. But keep listening. It is coming up. And speaking of Universal, there's another movie that is coming out very soon. It begins with a letter in the alphabet and a number. And if I can get a giveaway for that, Ramblers, just keep listening. I'm very much looking forward to checking that movie out. So stay tuned. More exciting things to come. All right. That is it for me. I've talked enough and I got things to do. So uh, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on the show. Bye, everybody. <laughs>